0: Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things primal, including. to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, L. Russ, today here with my co-host, Eli Rohde, and we're going to talk about paleo misconceptions, excuses, and objections. Hey, Eli, how are you doing? I'm great. So Eli and I have been talking over time since we've been paleo, and when friends inquire or people on the street... We get a lot of objections or excuses or just general misconceptions about what paleo is. So we thought we'd address that today and go through some of the main ones that keep popping up. The first one, um, I think it's just a general misconception that people have that they can't wrap their head around the like They're in disbelief that fat is not bad for you.
1: We want to go ahead and touch a little bit more on that, Eli? Sure. Um, So... I'm not sure if anyone or everyone saw some of the quote unquote breaking news last week that was on the national news about cholesterol technically not being bad for us, So, which obviously it's not bad for us, but that's one of the misconceptions is people will say it's a diet very high in cholesterol. How can you eat all those eggs? How can you eat all that butter? How can you eat all that meat? And luckily, um, even conventional wisdom is starting to bend on that. We know that cholesterol is important. It is very important for the life of a human being. Uh, we also know that if you cut your cholesterol, you will actually um, spur your body into making more cholesterol because it is so important. So the conventional wisdom world unconventional nutrition world has somehow caught up with this very recently and determined that cholesterol is okay and you can have some cholesterol. So... There's a lot of information there. Unfortunately, they also managed to add in, don't let this be a free-for-all to eat eggs and bacon. Really, it's just about lean cholesterols that come from shellfish like scallops and shrimp. But you know, ha ha ha, don't don't think this means you can eat bacon every day. Which can you eat bacon every day, Elle? Yes, technically you
0: <laughs> could. If you're if you're if you're doing the paleo lifestyle well and you're fat adapted. There, there's no reason why you can't process that saturated fat. And let's just briefly touch, people can look online if they'd like, but the old conventional wisdom that we've all dealt with for years about you know vilifying fat and fat being bad for you, and now the world is coming around to saying, hey, these low-fat, high-carb diets are BS and actually bad for you. And that's what Eli's talking about, the latest news on cholesterol, and of course, the Los Angeles Lakers have gone paleo, and there's so many... Advances right now, and a lot of people jumping on board. But if you're fat adapted, yes, you can eat bacon every day. Would you agree? I mean, maybe not the smartest
1: move just because it would get boring a little bit. Right. I mean, you should, of course, everyone should strive to have variety in their diet. But if you love bacon and you want to eat bacon every day, you can eat bacon every day. And you should not worry that you are causing yourself a health problem by eating bacon every day. Right. With the caveat that if you're eating, eating bacon every
0: day, you, we're assuming you are primal and fat adapted and eating a low carb lifestyle. And if you want to learn more about that, anyone can research uh, anything on MarksDailyApple.com or PrimalBlueprint.com in the search sections. Another another thing aside from wrapping your head around you know, being okay with eating fat and choosing it intentionally, people misunderstand what paleo means in general. So let's talk a couple, about a few of those misunderstandings. One is they feel like it's just a list of foods that you can or cannot eat. And Eli and I want to be very clear that to become truly paleo and primal fat adapted like our ancestors were, It takes a process of about four weeks to make that transition. And even though paleo is extremely easy, there is a process where you have to pay attention to a few things in the first month. And that is under 150 carbs, for sure, if not a little bit less if you're a very small person. Which is easy, which is very easy Very easy. 150 carbs or lower. And to make sure that the ratios, without having to do any crazy calculations, but that you're just eating a higher fat, moderate protein, lower carb... And and with that goes the lifestyle component of, you know, if you're running every day for an hour at full, at full gait, then you are probably not in a fat-adapted world. You might still be burning glucose for your main fuel. Um, again, these are just all primal blueprint and paleo principles that are defined online on the website anyone take a look at. But it's a list of foods, it's carbs, a carb level, and it's really kind of adjusting that ratio. Is there anything you want to add on to that Um, I
1: I totally agree with all that. I did want to touch on very quickly, though, and I'm sure uh, probably a lot of listeners already understand this, but one of the objections I get often is people will say, but what about the food pyramid? Right, well, go ahead.
0: <laughs> feel free to take on the, the government food pyramid would recommend about five to six servings of grains a day, correct yeah no,
1: six to eleven mm. Mm. yeah, so, mm-hmm. and I know you know um, let 's say you have a tortilla, it could technically be two servings of grains if it 's like a large flour tortilla, uh, but that being said, uh, the old food pyramid is not to be trusted. People are going on more diets. People are exercising. People are doing a lot of things to try to lose weight, lose fat, get in shape, be healthy, eat healthy. And the unfortunate truth is that obesity levels are raising all yep. the time. And not just amongst adults, but amongst children too. So we all really have to take a look at that food pyramid and see what what has it done to us. Because it certainly isn't making people... Skinny and healthy. And on
0: that note, let's talk about one particular food pyramid that you and I saw the other day, and we almost jumped out the window. It was so bad. <laughs> we could it was uh, this is the most horrendous, one of the most <laughs> actually it's less horrendous than the government food pyramid, but it's pretty bad. And I'll let you kind of talk more about that. But basically, it's a famous nutritional author, speaker, writer who has been out there for many years who has disseminated tons of great information that is wonderful. However, if we were to look at this person, they aren't necessarily the pillar of health and fitness to begin with, so it's always a little tough to take diet and weight advice from someone who's not necessarily slim and trim themselves. But on top of that, um, the food pyramid that this man proposed was considered in his world an anti-inflammatory food pyramid, yet in our world, in the paleo world, it's an absolutely inflammatory proflammatory so talk about the food pyramid a little bit what we what we were talking about
1: okay so this food pyramid on the very bottom we have vegetables and fruits and not in equal amounts vegetables takes up a larger portion of the bottom rung fruits is the shorter portion um so yay for vegetables and fruits we love that the next level up Whole and cracked grains, and it says three to five times a day. Pasta, two to three times a week. Beans and legumes, one to two times a day. Then listed are next up, getting smaller as we go to the top, healthy fats. Listed under healthy fats, uh, we have extra virgin olive oil, expeller-pressed canola oil, nuts, especially walnuts, avocado seeds, including hemp, and freshly ground flax. Then we have fish and seafood above that. says two to six times a week. Then we have soy. However, it does say whole soy foods, edamame, soy nuts, soy milk, which I don't think of as a whole soy food, tofu, and tempeh, which I also don't think of as a whole soy food. Cooked Asian mushrooms in unlimited amounts. I'm not – I cannot um, speak to why that is on there because I haven't researched that portion. Then we have other sources of protein, uh, high-quality natural cheeses, yogurt, omega-3-enriched eggs, skinless poultry, lean meats. Then we have healthy herbs and spices, tea, supplements, red wine, and healthy sweets is at the very, very top. Listed is dark chocolate. So yay for that. So our problem with this is (laughs) essentially, first of all, that there's grains at
0: all involved in this pyramid. Any part of an anti-inflammatory eating program, lifestyle, diet, whatever you want to call it, should not involve grains ever. So that right there is very alarming. And then on top of that, to add canola oil in the mix—that is not the best choice for healthy fats. Of there are not. others that he eliminated from that list, such as Why coconut oil or coconut butter. Why isn't coconut oil listed there? Why or grass butter, butter listed there? Exactly.
1: Right.
0: So um, you know, examine examine all of the food pyramids. Examine all of the evidence before you jump in and just onto someone's bandwagon. And if you're interested in paleo and anti-inflammatory benefits. Go ahead and Google Dr. Oz and Mark Sisson. Mark did a great uh, guest stint on the show, and they talked about how if there's any kind of pain or inflammation in the body, you must eliminate grains and dairy because that is the culprit. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so that food pyramid is a disaster. So, there, so that's one of the misconceptions people have, right? We see these kind of food pyramids out there that are alternative to the government, and we think, oh, well, it might be better, and it's really not. Um, Let's talk about one of the sort of excuses slash kind of objections that people give, which I know cracks us up. So the biggest one we get is, well, I don't want to eliminate my favorite lasagna dish that I make or my favorite ex- pie. favorite pie. And... You know, our response to people on those moments are you know, that's just a cop out excuse not to live a healthier life. No one's saying you can't eat your pie once or twice or three times a year. Go for it. It's about your daily, regular lifestyle. So to put something out there that's very special, you know, that someone's not eating on a regular basis and claim it as the excuse as to why they're not <laughs> going to transition to right. being a fat burner is, you know, kind of a joke. What are the, some of the other ones
1: you get with regards to, you had a couple good ones about baking. Um, well, I, you know, I, I think pie, sandwiches, um, lasagna, like you said, or some special casserole, and absolutely what you said is 100% true. If you can't give up your pie that you eat at Christmas every year, then you should eat that pie at Christmas and Thanksgiving and when it makes you happy. Are you really eating that pie every weekend? I don't believe that you are. Right. And if you are, you might need to take a look at your lifestyle also. Um, and I, the other thing is, as someone who used to eat a lot of grains and be a vegetarian, me, I have found ways to make pretty much everything I like in a paleo way. Now, that being said, it's not something I do all the time because I still almost kind of think of it as a cheat. It's not a cheat, but you know, okay, so I am using almond flour. That's not really the same as a whole almond, even if I make the almond flour myself. You know, okay, I've soaked the almonds. I've ground the almonds. I took something that was an almond, a whole food, and I turned it into a flour, which is wonderful and I can use it as a crust or in a bread, but it's still just a few steps away from being a completely whole food. That being said, it's paleo approved. It's good. It's a nut, but I don't think there's anything that you can't make paleo. And there are, there are great
0: Options out there. I actually made a couple of the desserts from Primal Cravings, and they mm-hmm. were phenomenal. There was like a maple pecan bar type of thing in there that is totally delicious and involved, like you said, almond flour and some coconut flour. And you know, it satisfied exactly what I wanted. That being said, that still was a very heavy, sugary blowout right, to eat right. that. But at least it wasn't going to give the the bloating and the detrimental effects. The that inflammation, well, right? Exactly. So. To, to those excuses, we say, eat your pie, eat lasagna. You're not eating it every week. Don't kid yourself.
1: <laughs> right. And, um, and I have my cheat meal and I'm sure you do too. And it's yeah. not, it's not often that I do it. And honestly, I know what's going to happen when I do it. I know the effects I'm going to face, whether they're joint pain or, you know, GI distress. And I say, oh, well, I'm doing it. It's my birthday or whatever. (laughs) It's worth that huge piece of cake for this, for this thing. Yeah.
0: And, and you know, you, I think anyone would agree with that. So, so that's how, and the other thing too, is in order to make the transition to fat burner, in order to really transition your body, you have to at least spend three to four weeks with complete elimination of the non-paleo foods. And once you get fat adapted and you go along the road, as you know, Eli, you'll you'll see it's easier. First of all, you don't want that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you do, you can process and it's out and you're back on track again because it just didn't feel right. So Absolutely. at the very least, if you want to try to go paleo, um, and as Mark says, it takes at least 21 days to make that transformation from a sugar burner to a fat burner, you've got to give it at least three, four weeks of full willpower, not trying to you know make get paleo pasta and try to do other right, right. things that exactly. replicate what you're quitting. Um let's talk about the next uh it's a big one. It's a big objection that yeah. that that people give which is that uh paleo is bad for the planet. It's detrimental to the planet and that conclusion is really based on methane being released into the environment from cows. At least that's the argument people are really focusing on on that end you want to take this on because i know you got this objection hardcore sure
1: sure. (laughs) this is what and and like you said that is the fact that people really hone in on methane from cows methane from cows methane from cows which yes cows produce methane so do humans um okay this is a big one There is an amazing book called The Vegetarian Myth written by an ex-vegan. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce her name. I think it's Lierre, L-I-E-R-R-E, last name Keith and Ms. Keith, as I said, is an ex-vegan. And she really gets deep into this argument about the Mother Earth and meat and just at a glance, I want to say that many foods that make up a vegetarian diet, like genetically modified soy and corn, are very detrimental to the planet. Monoculture is detrimental to the planet, detrimental to the environment. Eating meat, which we're going to have to touch on that just really quick, too. Of Everybody you- always thinks... So your paleo, like all you eat is meat. That's not. That's not how I eat. You know. Right. So let's cut that out. And
0: quickly, side note on that, which you'll get back to on the methane discussion, which is, paleo uh, supporters like ourselves, we, everybody in the paleo community, would say we strive for the grass-fed, pastured animals that not only their fatty acid profile's not thrown off by eating grains,
1: mm-hmm. but they're
0: also releasing a lot less methane, right.
1: too. And that's where I was going to go. So when people say eating meat devastates the environment, they're referring to factory farms, right? not meat that was raised naturally, such as grass-fed beef. There is the really important fact that when a cow eats grass – it is turned it cellulose which we cannot digest they're eating something we can't eat grass cellulose it is turned into something we can't eat we can eat which is protein and fat Grain dramatically increases the growth rate of the beef cattle and the milk production, but it also makes them sick. It makes the cow sick. It gives them a bacterial imbalance and it makes them ill. So they are going to produce more methane because they are ill. And I produced more methane when I ate grains. <laughs> Same and here. I'm not, and that's
0: not even a joke. But no, it's so I know. True. I know. Um, and I remember being like, "What's wrong with me? Yes. Um, what's happening?" And now it's almost like nothing other than just natural elimination and it's just there's never that feeling unless i eat non paleo food right where i get that bloating so that's a really important point to consider on that objection and also just that like you said you gave the one example on the other side a lot of vegan foods we're talking a lot of grains a lot of you know beans and all of those Soy, things corn yeah wheat, not only are animals and insects and tons of other things dying at the hands of every food we eat but it's mm-hmm. also not necessarily environmentally helping the planet either. So, that's fertilizers
1: an and pesticides. Fertilizers and pesticides. I mean, that's what's sprayed on all of those crops unless you're getting 100% organic, which as I mean, I as far as I can tell, it's very hard to find organic non-GMO corn, right? So there's the detrimental to the planet objection covered, (laughs) eliminated. And believe Um, me, we could go into it. And if people want to look up any more information, the vegetarian myth written by an ex vegan is an amazing resource.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Um, Another one I'll just
0: touch on briefly, we don't have to have discussion about it. But a lot of people ask, you know, hey, I don't have a gallbladder, so I can't eat high fat. So just because you're Ability to digest fat is a bit impaired without a gallbladder, it doesn't mean you can't be paleo and primal. In fact, particularly if you like coconut, anything, you know, coconut fat, pasture, dairy can be great options to remove the work your gallbladder once did. Okay, so if you lost your gallbladder, or actually, let's hope you find it. But if you, if you had it. If you had it surgically removed, you might need to consume a little less fat than maybe a paleo friend of yours next to you, but you can still get the proper amounts of fat and still become paleo and primal. And if anyone's interested in looking more into this discussion, just go into MarksDailyApple.com and in the search, search section, just type gallbladder and a couple articles should come up. So there's that. Uh, one other misconception, we'll just jump right into Everybody who's out there who doesn't delve into this stuff like we do, Eli, Mm -hmm. equates CrossFit and paleo as synonymous. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. So CrossFit is a sort of new in the past few years way of working out. Um, You want to go ahead and describe what CrossFit is, and then I'll touch on other stuff.
1: Um, Well, gosh, I I don't know if I have a perfect definition, but I know it's... Uh, you know, a heavy, I, I shouldn't say heavy lifting, I don't necessarily mean heavy lifting as in the weights are heavy. But I mean, it's very focused uh, resistance training, weight training, and high intensity interval training. So you're definitely getting your heart rate up, right for about 1520 minutes.
0: And mm-hmm. in the CrossFit culture, a lot of people it, it And again, people refer to it as a cult, etc, oh, yeah. which oh, yeah. it's not, but it definitely has this very like community group, Appeal to it. So people feel sometimes like, well, if I go paleo, well, am I going to have to do this CrossFit or vice versa? But we want to clear up something really important about CrossFit. CrossFit is great, and it's not to say you should eliminate CrossFit from your workout routine. But right, both, I think it's, fantastic. it's and fantastic. I think people have
1: gotten amazing results from it.
0: Amazing. But after a while, if you're a regular CrossFitter, you're going to hit a wall. And here's why. Because Doing high-intensity interval training every single day, it's very hard to stay a fat burner. You're burning so much glucose when you go above 75% of your max heart rate. So the people that do CrossFit often do it three to five-plus days a week. And in that case, it would be extremely hard to... Be a, fat burner. a you, fat burner, right? You'd have to really know what you're doing because you're at an athlete level of training. So that's something that we wouldn't suggest, and that's something that, of course, you don't have to do anything CrossFit if you're paleo. You don't, I don't, Um, and we're not saying it's bad for you either, but like anything. You know, I got into, as you know, Eli, I got addicted a couple of years ago to hot yoga. And I did oh, yeah. it like five, six days a week, thinking that because it was such high intensity, I was going to lose weight and fat as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. I gained weight because mm-hmm. of my cortisol being raised, never being able to fully recover, burning too much glucose. I was exhausted and hungry after every single. I was uh, just going to say, hot yoga you starving. Session. Weren't you starving, starving all the time? <laughs> starving all the time. And so, so. CrossFit and paleo are not synonymous, but most people in CrossFit happen to
1: be on the paleo trend, and that's great. But anything else you want to say on this note? Well, I love that CrossFit Incorporated, the fitness company, I love that they tell Mm -hmm. people, give up grains. Mm -hmm. They're not good for you. I love that they're spreading that message, and I think that's fantastic. But as we know, since we went through our Primal Blueprint training, uh you know if you're it's like if we went out and sprinted every single day if i went out and sprint and did sprints every single day i'm going to be burning glucose that's why we're really only supposed to do them every 7 to 10 days so if you're doing CrossFit, where you're doing Olympic weightlifting, plyometrics, high-intensity interval training, and you're doing it five times a week, you're going to have a difficult time staying fat-adapted. And you're overtraining.
0: You're just overtraining.
1: overtraining in general. And once again, if we think back to our ancestors, which I always do, the bottom line is they tried to do as little as possible because they need to conserve energy all the time. So... I know we're already all sitting around in the modern world doing as little as possible. But when you are utilizing the paleo lifestyle properly, you, uh, once again, can do a little less. You don't have to run an hour a day and wait train for so – true. You are able to – stop the breakdown of your body, which that kind of training can very possibly cause. And
0: also, you know, you have to keep up with that kind of training if you're a sugar burner and you're eating a high-carb diet. You absolutely. kind of don't have a choice or else you are going to gain weight. And it's mm-hmm. two steps forward, one step backwards Exactly. as a sugar burner. And CrossFit five days a week would, would absolutely incite that or make that worse unless you really And then know you're what you just
1: do. the hamster on a wheel again, right? you know?
0: Doing the same thing. Um, yeah. All right. On that... Uh, off that note, let's get to another objection a lot of people talk about, which is the cost of going paleo. There's yes. such, a, such a huge thing where everyone's like, um, someone told you, don't kid yourself, it's a rich person's diet. <laughs> yeah, it's a
1: rich person's diet. <laughs> I'll let you take this one for a little bit. Um, well, I guess I, once again, I have to go back to if you're properly fat adapted, you can have one meal a day. And be perfectly happy with that. So I guess if your one meal a day is a grass-fed steak, is that expensive? Yes, it is. But if it's the only thing you're going to eat today is a grass-fed steak and a bunch of broccoli and a salad... I don't think that's any more expensive than someone who's eating five meals a day. We all know those people exist. Got to eat every three hours, got to have your five meals, got to have your oatmeal and blueberries in the morning and then your snack of your yogurt and whatever. I mean, I don't think that it is a wealthy person's diet. I am not a wealthy person. Uh, and I've been doing the diet for over five years. Um, and you were doing it on a shoestring budget for a few of those years, the first couple of years, probably (laughs) like that is putting it mildly.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, when you were in between careers and stuff, I remember there was a time, but you were still able to
1: do it. I mean, yes, I still managed to do it because if I'm working and I want a quick snack, you know, I can have a spoonful of coconut butter or I can have a handful of macadamia nuts and I'm perfectly satisfied. If I ate the whole thing of macadamia nuts, that's really expensive. But macadamia nuts have so much fat, they're very filling.
0: And also, you know, one of the biggest, I I guess, uh, answers to this objection is, I was so shocked, and Mark has said it many times on his podcast, when you become fat adapted and you've been on this train for a while it is alarming almost at how the amount of food you eat is like less and less and less. Mm-hmm. And it's to people that eat a lot of food right now and are sugar burners, you know, they're like, well, who wants that? You want to be able to eat a lot of food. But like you said, you're so satiated mm-hmm. um, and your appetite is suppressed at appropriate times that you end up only sometimes eating to, you know, two meals a day, sometimes one. And in general, I just consume a lot less food overall.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And let's face it, if you're doing paleo properly, you're doing moderate protein, moderate, not high protein. You know, sometimes people get those two confused. Uh, Just real quick, I want to touch on that. People think, oh, you don't eat any carbs. You're like on the Atkins diet. No, I'm not. I do eat carbs and I don't only eat meat. I'm on a higher fat diet, a moderate protein diet. Fat is so satisfying, so filling. And honestly, fat is not that expensive. Now, grass-fed beef can be expensive, but fat is not that expensive, especially when you consider you don't need very much of it to make you full and happy.
0: Yes. And also the the moderate protein, like you said, if you're doing it correctly. And everyone's got, and you'll figure it out along the way, what your threshold is for fat and protein, you know, because for someone my size at 5'2", it's going to be different than someone who's 6'5", and, you know, mm-hmm. 220. Um, Absolutely. And you just kind of find that naturally. But that is one of the mistakes that people do make. I made myself, I ate too much protein uh, for a while mm-hmm. there. And when you do that, gluconeogenesis sets in, which basically turns that protein that's not being used into glucose. Into carbs, into glucose. Right, yeah. so you don't want to overeat the protein. Um, right. Because that could happen to you, and you could still remain a sugar burner even though you think you are eating from a correct list. So I've I've made that mistake before myself. It's easy to overeat protein
1: because it's so good. (laughs) Absolutely. It's tasty. Now, I want to say, and I am certainly not um, suggesting that anyone do this, but you can eat primal. At fast food restaurants, I don't personally eat fast food unless I have to on a road trip or something like that. But I have always found ways to eat primal. Um, You know, one of the major burger chains out there actually has a grass fed burger now on the menu. That's right. Natural burger. I saw that. But you can get any burger in a lettuce wrap. Anyone will do it for you from McDonald's to In-N-Out to anybody, Because especially because of the celiac disease, you know, their awareness of that being raised and people being on gluten-free diets. So it is possible to, and fast food, let's face it, fast food is cheap, right? Extremely. So if people say, well, I can eat at McDonald's every day for $4, well, you can eat the same McDonald's for four dollars and not eat the bread.
0: Right. And maybe McDonald's. I'm not saying
1: it's sure, a good idea. Yeah. McDonald's <laughs> maybe not the best choice.
0: Maybe the new, the new, whatever right, the new, the, grass-fed burger. the new grass fed yeah. burger might be the yeah. better choice. But yeah, exactly. I mean, there's still a way to do it in a pinch. And also, there are, most grocery stores are a lot of them are open 24 hours or till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the day um, when I would be out driving a lot and would get hungry as a sugar burner <laughs> every two three mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd pull over to a grocery store, but that's the best place to go. There's always a deli of there. You can get a piece of cheese and meat to satisfy you if you need to. You can go to the salad bar,
1: grab some cucumbers, throw that down in a hatch. Right, you know, you some hard boiled egg and some ham, and you're, you know you're happy, you're satisfied.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: let's, uh, let's go into, oh, wait, I have to tell you a quote. I read a quote on uh, Mark's daily apple of a a member posting in the chat groups. And he said, I live on $14,000 a year and I'm putting myself through college. If I can eat primal, anyone can. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I like it. So I, like I applaud it. that.
0: And it may be a little pricey in the first month as you're making the transition and you're you're getting used to like eating less food and you're still maybe overeating mm-hmm. a little bit or you know you're just trying to figure it out. That might not be the best month as an example right. of what your bill well, would be. The bottom be.
1: line when you get line, better at it. Yeah, know? when you get better, anything. Whenever you really change your way of eating, you feel like you're going to the store like five times a day because yep. you, you have to go get this and go get that and you don't have these staples or whatever it is, whether it's coconut oil or, or whatever. I mean, I know people that juice that have to go to the store all the time because they're buying so much organic produce, you know? right? So I don't, I don't necessarily see it's a rich person's diet or it's expensive. I really, I, if I can, I'm, I'm with that guy. If I could do it when I was very much on a shoestring budget, then anyone can do it. Yeah, I
0: agree. And then the last little subject we'll talk about so, in Mark's book, "The Primal Blueprint," he talks about you know if you at least can do eighty percent of the time mm-hmm. on this on this way of living, then you're better than most people, which we agree. you are better than everyone following the government food pyramid, however, mm-hmm. that also saying eighty twenty or anyone talking about percentages, and I know Mark's addressed this before, but I want to address it because I even asked someone recently, I'm like, oh, are you paleo? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Well, like 80%. And, you know, when you start throwing out percentages,
1: ah, <laughs> <laughs> it can be a little... uh no,
0: wishy-washy. I mean, dicey. It's, it's a little yeah. dicey. The twenty percent is really rever- reserved for sort of the occasional paleo foods like dairy, some chocolate, some wine, or maybe potatoes, right. or or overcarbing it maybe here and there, uh, you know, on a day or two. But at the end of the day. That 20% is not meant for grains. It's not. No. And again, if you live in Minnesota and you're obese and 80% is all you can do right now, that's better than anybody else's Probably Most people are doing. So we're not saying don't don't do it if you're going to be an A student. But we are saying that in order to really become fat-adapted and live this lifestyle, it takes more than 80% of the time, right? I mean, in terms of the, t- the other 20% not being non-paleo foods, right? Like Because gluten right. stays in your system for a week. There are things that if you thought, like, oh, well, 20% of the week I eat
1: bread or I eat beans. Can you talk about this a little bit? Um, yeah, I-, I I totally agree. And I think it's not – Again, it's it's you don't have to be perfect. Nobody has to be perfect. I'm not perfect, That's you're right. not perfect, Mark's not perfect, nobody is. But you reserve those special treats, whether it's a glass of wine or a baked potato, because you went out. Um, you reserve those kinds of I'm not saying you can't eat potatoes, <laughs> but right. I mean one of those giant baked potatoes. Right. You're gonna get a lot of carbs. Um you reserve those, you reserve that 20% for that versus saying. Well, I'm like 80% paleo, but I still eat an English muffin for breakfast every day with jam.
0: Yes. And I have, I know people who go, well, I still have my of own course. Meal every morning. And yes. the thing is, is that, well, then you're never going to really feel and experience
1: the full right. benefits of eliminating grains the from your life and eliminating you do it. the poisons. That's the most important thing. You have to tell yourself, the bottom line is I want to eat healthy food. I want to eat a healthy diet. I want to eat whole foods. It's not, well, I can't, I, I can't give up my oatmeal, but I'm still going to eat it every day. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to eliminate the grains and experience that elimination process of primally adapting. I agree. I agree. I I strive to be an A student. And like you
0: said, look, you have a cheat meal, I have a cheat meal. And there's not to say no one's going to. Look, I tore off uh, half the roof of the gingerbread house uh, that my little niece made this (laughs) Christmas. And I paid for it an hour later. But I will say that, you know, hey, it was Christmas and why not? And I hadn't had something crappy like that in a while and it seemed fun. It's just that it's not going to be a part of my weekly life. So. And I, I don't feel that I'm sacrificing anything. And once I don't either. Once you've made the the twenty one day transformation, once you're beyond the hump of really the transition of your brain, you know, starting to use fat as fuel instead mm-hmm. of glucose, mm-hmm. you won't even want it. You'll look around at people eating grains, and it'll just be
1: like, you'll it's w- bizarre. You'll want to cry. Like <laughs> you think, no, no, don't do don't it. Do it. Um, I, and I think I've told you that sometimes when I really don't feel like going into a long explanation, I'll just say I'm allergic, you right. know, yep. and people will say, oh, that's a bummer. And I literally have to bite my tongue from saying, you know what you're allergic to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you're a human, you're allergic as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: You're allergic. We're all allergic because you're a human being. The other thing I want to touch on about that 80-20 and using that 20 for grains is when you're striving to for 100 and you land at 80, and like I said, if it's a glass of red wine or it's a, maybe more chocolate than you would have had or a, the most giant baked potato in the world or, or maple syrup on your whatever. bacon or something like that, um, when you give up grains and your gut heals, even if it's not 100% healed, but your gut heals, you will notice the effects, like we have said, like you ate that gingerbread house and you felt it. Now, when I was a vegetarian, I didn't realize I had all these things, bad things because going on. Because your body inside adjusts body. to the toxins. Right. 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 And my gut was not healed. You know, you adjust to dysfunction, unfortunately. That's right. It's the human way. And so when you are striving for a hundred and you're getting all of the poisons out of your diet. You feel so amazing, like we've now said multiple times. You you you're totally happy with your cheat being more ice cream than you would have, or more chocolate than you would normally have. It's it's it doesn't have that horrible effect of oh wow you know I ate bread and now I'm laying on the couch and my I look like I'm four months pregnant right now right so. Um, I say strive for 100. I I do. I strive. Mm -hmm. I do not make it. I am not perfect, you know, but I strive for it because I want to avoid toxins and poisons and anti-nutrients, and I want to have a clean diet. Yeah,
0: and this is all about living the longest, happiest, most fulfilled life we all can, and everybody who's out there, um, if I've been there, I know you have, where if you've ever felt uncomfortable in your body in any way, whether it's due to Pain and inflammation, or just due mm-hmm. to the awfulness of how extra weight can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels so great, and to me, there's nothing easier than going paleo, following the Primal Blueprint. Again, like the 21 days is a transformation, and it's a willpower commitment. Absolutely, to, to
1: get through it. But once you get through it, and there are it, moments that are hard, real hard. Yeah, you there know, are where you're like, you either you have that thought of, I just don't know what to eat, or you have that thought of, I want that cupcake right at the office, you know, so there are definitely those moments, but it's totally worth it. And then they go away. And then you just mm-hmm, don't have those kind of
0: uh, mental anguish, you know, moments. Anymore. Right. All right. I think that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Eli. If anyone is interested in paleo coaching from the either of us, you can contact Eli Rohde at paleoagent.com. That's paleoagent.com. Or you can contact me, L. Russ, at paleoprimalcoach.com. And if you're interested in the certification course, go to primalblueprint.com and look under the expert certification tab, and you'll find all the information you need. We'll see you soon. Bye. Safeguard your health with the most comprehensive all-in-one nutritional supplement on the planet. Primal Nutrition's Damage Control Master Formula. Forget mixing and matching with multiple bottles of individual agents. Now you can just take a single packet of the most potent and optimally balanced multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant formula available on the market. You'll enjoy complete immune system, cardiovascular, memory, nerve, bone, liver, and stress support and much more with 51 research proven ingredients damage control master formula helps you combat oxidative
1: damage in every cell and every system in your body and shore up any dietary shortcomings with complete protection order damage control master formula today at primalblueprint.com and check out the incredible free shipping offer for our convenient and custom designed auto ship program